You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so we'll talk about being a dream church. What is a dream church? You know, I struggle a little bit with whether or not to call it that or not because, you know, some people think about perfect churches, people looking for the perfect church, but you know what the old saying is about the perfect church, right? If you find one, don't join it because then it won't be perfect anymore, right? A little nervous laughter, right? But, you know, you get the idea. There is no such thing as a perfect church. I've heard people say people get hurt in churches. You know why? Because (laughs) churches are full of hurting people and hurt people hurt people. That's just part of life. And so, no, there's not a perfect church in the way you and I sometimes think about a perfect church, okay? So here's where we're going to begin this morning. We're going to begin talking about what you need to look for in a church. Now, that sounds like I'm, I'm about to invite everybody to just leave, go find you another church. That's, not what, that's definitely not what I'm saying this morning, okay? But I, I want us to be careful that we really understand what it is that we should be looking for in church. Because we do have some people that are checking us out and wanting to know if this is the place. So really good stuff for you right here. But it's, this is for all of us to think and reflect and remember. Because here's the first thing is some people look for what they like. This is another time. I, 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 I used to say this a lot in my sermons. I really wish I just had a buzzer right here that I could just go, nah, wrong, you know, when, and say one of those wrong look for what you like now what happens with that I mean if you if you go find a church that you like what happens with that you're gonna eventually find something you don't like so then what do you do gotta go find another church that you like because now I found something I didn't like imagine if you did that with your relationships Oh, I know some of you have done that in the past, haven't you, with, with your relationships, right? Friendships, those kind of, find one little thing. Is that, do you throw a relationship away because of that? Absolutely not. You know, so this is the absolute worst way to look for a church is to find something you like because there's going to be something you don't like. Somebody's going to do an event you don't like. Somebody's going to lead a small group you don't like. Somebody's going to say something you don't like. Pastor's going to step on your toes. I don't know. Has that ever happened to anybody around here? Uh, I, I hope it's happening to you because it's happening to me all week while I'm studying this stuff, getting it ready to preach to you. You know, it's, you know, I don't like, you know, like, 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 I don't like everything. So that's the wrong way to look for church. Okay, you need to answer four questions if you're looking for a church. And I really hope the majority of you, the vast majority of you have already figured this out. You already found the place, okay? But let's review this, okay? Here's the first one. How does the church view Scripture? We say this in growth track, and uh, so some of you here have heard this recently because you've just gone through the growth track. But we say this. Some of you hadn't heard this in a while. But this is, this is one of the things that, that I call non-negotiables. We call it something else growth track. I call it non-negotiable. We just don't negotiate on this, that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. You know, the Bible says, uh, uh, and, and Peter, he, he says that, that the Scriptures were written by holy men as they were moved by the Holy Spirit to write or to speak these things and then were written down. You know, uh, uh, you know and, and Timothy talked about that, that all Scripture is given by inspiration from God. Okay, so we believe that. And so when you're looking for a church, that's the very first thing you want to look for because, you know, if, if we don't have the Bible, and some people are, even some churches 
or they're kind of saying, well, you know, maybe this part of the Bible. No, 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 you start doing that. You start doubting that any part of the Bible is the Word of God, and then everything's up for grabs, and then you don't have anything because this is everything that it's based on. Everything we can preach, everything we can believe, everything we can hope, every prayer that we can pray is based on the Word of God. So, so first of all, you better find a church. If you're looking for a church, find a church that has a great view, a high view, a, 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 an inspirational view of the Bible. Okay, here's the second thing. Answer this question. How do they walk that out? Because a lot of church, you know... When I tell people, when people ask me, I've had pastors ask me, well, what's your vision statement? What's your mission statement? You know, only, only pastors are worried about that kind of stuff. You know, it seems like nobody, nobody out here kind of really cares. We tell you at Growth Track, and it's kind of like you don't really care because you don't really care what our statement is, right? You care what we do with it. I mean, really, you don't really care what we say because, listen, when I tell pastors what our vision statement is, they say, well, yeah, that, that's what we believe too, but it's not enough to believe. You know, it, it, the second question to ask is, how, do, how does that church, how do they walk it out, what they believe about the Bible? Do they preach that? Is, is it in their preaching? Is it in their, I mean, the, the songs that are chosen and sung, are they supported by the Word of God? Or are they just the ones that we really like because I like that run or I like that riff or I like that, uh, the, just the feel of it. You know, I, I, I can really get into that one a little bit. What, what is the purpose of it? Do they walk that out? Or small groups about, about uh, the Bible and how we believe the Bible is the Word of God. How does that church walk that out and everything? Okay, here's the third one. Does the vision, mission, and DNA mesh with your spirit? Now, I started to put down agree, and this was several weeks ago, and I, I, that I, I, I put down mesh instead of agree. I mean, this wasn't something I changed last night. I just felt like if I put agree down there, we're going to be back up to that first thing about trying to find something we like or that we agree with. You know, that's not what I'm talking about here. But does the vision and the mission and the DNA of the church mesh with your spirit? Do you feel a connection there? Does it, does it fit hand in glove? Do you feel like it just kind of wraps all around one another? And again, might not like everything, but the vision, the mission, and the DNA of the church. Now, what, what, what is the DNA? When we talk about DNA of a church, what's the DNA of a church? I, 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 a, couple of, a couple of words right here I, I give you, okay? And, and the first one is this. What do they love? What, what does a church love? That'll tell you a lot about the DNA of a church, what they love. You know, uh, what, how they, you know the things that they, they spend their time on, the things that they like to do. What, what do they love? You know, where do they spend their money and those kinds of things? And, and also, also, it's like, what are they looking toward? It's like the direction that they're going. You know, that'll tell you, that'll tell you a lot about the DNA of a church. So when, when you're looking for a church, you want to ask this question, is does their vision, mission, and DNA mesh with my spirit? And then here, here's the fourth one. Does the church constantly challenge you to grow? Constantly challenge you to grow? Because... Really, in reality, being a part of a church is about growing closer to Christ. It's about becoming, and I'm going to say this again here in just a few minutes because it'll kind of wrap back around to itself in a few moments, but, but it's really about that thing. So, so the fourth question is about asking is, asking, is this church going to help me grow? Is it going to challenge me to grow? You know, one of the things we say also around here is we talk about owning your growth we can't make you grow. We can't, we can't, we can't uh, make 
the process happen, just like you can't go out and make a plant grow, I can't make you grow, the church can't make you grow, your small group leader can't make you grow, you know, the, the kids pastor, the, the, the teens pastor, they, they can't make our kids and teens grow. All they can do is just put it out there and then we have to decide. But that's still the process that the church has to take is, is we need to be helping you and, and constantly challenging you to grow. I said a couple of weeks ago when we kicked off this sermon series, I can't speak for every other pastor, but I kind of think I, I, I probably should right here, is that my job as pastor is not to help you feel comfortable where you are. My job as pastor is not to help you feel comfortable with that you got it figured out, you're okay. I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, we're going to get there. Yeah, salvation, salvation is free, eternity may be settled for you, but there are more blessings that God wants to put inside of your life and, and give you and just pour out on you, but you know, it's going to take a little bit more than just say, hey, I got the free stuff. You know, I heard a long, long, long time ago, the old preacher said, it is my job to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I, I, maybe sometimes I wrap myself around that a little bit too much, right? But exactly, if, you know, and we all go through times where we have affliction or problems or troubles. And during those times, thank God for the church. Thank God for someone to call on me or somebody that I can call on and ask for prayer or say, hey, can you, can you have breakfast with me and let's just talk a little bit. I need some fellowship. I need some, or just, just some of that or, or be able to come and stand in the presence of God when, when songs about peace are sung, you know, and, and things like that, uh, uh, just to be comforted. But then there are times we get comfortable and we need somebody to challenge us. Hey, buddy, it's been, it's been a little while since you really started stepping. How long has it been since you, since you can you know, really look back and say, I see measurable growth in my life spiritually? You know, that was part of the survey from this past week. And everybody didn't fill it out, so I think we may send it out one more time. And if you didn't fill it out yet, please fill that out because we use it to gauge how good we're doing at challenging you to grow. Okay, so... So there's four questions. All right, now, and I spent a little more time with that last one than I meant to. But let me give you a rule of thumb, a really good rule of thumb to figure out if you're in the right church. If you can't financially support the vision and mission of a church, then you haven't bought into it. You know, it's, it, it does, you, you've not said, yes, this is, this is what I believe in. I, 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 I want you to get this. I want you to understand. I want you to understand what pastor's saying right here, Okay. If you can't financially support the vision and mission of something, then you haven't really bought into it. You're not connected to it. You've not said, this is it. I believe, you know, and, and, and this, this is going to sound a little pointed right here also, okay? Because if you can't do that and you haven't bought into it, then maybe, next slide, you, you may be in the wrong one. You know, if you can't, Financially support. If you don't, if you're not just head over heels and saying, "This is it," I believe in the vision. I believe in the mission. I believe in the DNA. This is a church that believes in the Bible. They walk it out the way they believe the Bible, being the inspired Word of God. And this is a church that challenges me. I believe in this, and 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 you can't bring yourself to financially support it. You know, and I've said this a lot over the last ten and a half years that we've been a church. Is then you need to go find that church. I'm not trying to run anyone off, okay? But I'm saying you need to go find that church. If this isn't it that makes you say, I want to get in here and I, I want to help make this happen because everybody I know needs to be a part of a church like this, then you haven't bought into it yet. 
and maybe you aren't in the right one yet. And then, you know, I'd really hoping I'd be talking to maybe more visitors right now than talking to our home folks here. But, but even with that, is you need to understand and not, listen, I want you to hear this in the right way. It's to not say, oh, well, pastor's saying I'm in the wrong church, I need to go somewhere. No, I'd rather hear it this way. Is it, wait a minute, I do believe this. And it's time for me to get in here with both feet, roll up my sleeves, and decide I'm part of this. So let's, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, what about, okay, and I've talked about what you guys ought to be looking for to better, you know, support you. What about what the pastor dreams? I like it when God lets me say stuff like this on Sunday morning. What about what the pastor dreams? Well, here's part of my dream, a full first and second row. You know, that'd be awesome. Well, we're doing a little bit better here, struggling right over here with that first row, okay? You know, because, again, listen, it, it, I, I, I like, you know, when, when you're closer, it makes me feel like you really, you know, kind of really wanting to connect. And also, first-time attenders, they like to sit way back there, you know, and they're not going to normally fill in these middle rows right here, these middle few seats right here. So, you know, that's something pastor likes. So I want to... Yeah, I felt God's permission to throw this one in. This is, this is something I dream of is, is, is you guys continue to move forward, move forward, move forward. The last couple of weeks, we, you know, we got a lot of people out of town. Our teens are all out of town as well. The last couple of weeks, we've had to bring in chairs at, at the, toward the, or in the middle of the end of the service to, in, in the back. But what would really help us is if everybody could just move forward a little bit. Think about it. Next week when you get here and you start to sit down, Maybe something to remind you, let's move up a row or two, okay? And it'll help with that. All right, all right, so Pastor got to say that one. So uh, here's another one. Now, coming forward for prayer is the norm. That's something I dream of. You know, at the, at the end of the service when the prayer team's down here, and they've been praying all week long for that moment. God, give me the words to say to whoever has a need this week, whoever has a problem this week, whoever is praying, they're sick, you know, they have sickness in their family, or they need a job. God, give me the words to say. They've been praying that all week. It really pains me than to see one of them not get to pray with anybody this week. You know, really? Uh, that, and I'd really like to see that as the norm. Is for, is for, you know, and, and, and I say this sometimes, I say this to our leaders also, is like if, if you've got a need, step forward. You might, be the, you might be the catalyst that just starts other people saying, yeah, I can step forward too. Uh, you know, uh, and, and not, uh, you know, I'm not saying, hey, make up a need so you can come forward for prayer and maybe somebody else will follow you. But if you've got one, if you even think for a moment, then step forward because somebody else may be sitting back. And, and then this came up this week as we were talking about this a little bit. How many of you, and you might not want to raise your hand, but how many of you have ever wanted to come forward, but you were afraid what somebody else would think? Because if you come forward with your spouse, they're going to think we have marital problems. Right? Come on. You know, or you, you come forward or something, they're going to think I've got financial problems or what, whatever, or or you might be saying, they're going to know i got financial problems, or they're going to know i got marital problems, or whatever. Okay, so is, is that what you're going to do, is, is to allow that to hinder you from connecting with God, who wants, and we'll, we'll say this in just a moment also, who really wants to meet your need today. Think about that. You are in the presence of the God who created this universe, and he wants to meet your need today. Amen. He wants to meet your need today. And then we're going to get, you know, we're going to get three or four feet away from Now, these people aren't magic, but you know what? We're following a prescription. You hear me say it all the time if you've been here. You hear me say it all the time. Jesus says we're two agree concerning. He didn't say where you agree with yourself, but we're two agree concerning anything on this earth. My Father in heaven will do it for you. And you're three or four feet away. Why can't we take those other three or four steps just to get up and believe and let's see God? So that, that's part of my dream also. Okay, so let's go into maybe a little more deeper things. A hundred new people involved this year. 
That's, that's one of the things I, I'm praying for. You know, and I wanted to increase as I was, I was about to say even more than that, and I just felt checked in my spirit. Not because, not because 200, 300, 500 are, are, are out of God's realm, but because some of you can't believe that high with me. And so I'm giving you something that I believe you can believe. Because you know what? Basically, if every one of you reached somebody this year, you reach someone this year, and we, we get them involved in small groups and growing and, and discipleship. We get them involved in, 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 in serving, finding that awesome thing like Christian talked about, that, that we believe everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. If every one of you finds one person this year, we will exceed that 100. So that's, that's a very simple, easy thing to do because, I mean, you and I, we could even see that without, I mean, without a lot of faith, right? We can see that. And so I'm believing God, not, not just to see you bring 100 people, this, but for us to see 100 new people involved in growing and becoming everything that God intends them to be in their life. So I want you to pray that one with me. Okay, so what else does Pastor Dream? Fully staffed ministry teams. You know that, that the kids pastor is not worrying that we're going to have enough people to hold babies this morning. You know, when we get calls on this one. You know, had to, got sick, text me at the last minute. Are we going to have enough help to set up chairs on Sunday morning? That we have fully staffed ministry teams uh, so, that, so that, you know, uh, we make it happen every week. You know, and we say this a lot also, and I hadn't said this in a long time, but, you know, if, if you're still kind of new here, you're not connected, you're not really involved, you might look around and say, man, they got everything they need. Now, understand, we're, we're just covering some areas. We've got holes and and you've got something awesome to do for Jesus. And probably the place you need to serve is a place where there's a hole. Because if you're called to do that and called to do it at 2911, that means somebody's covering your place just waiting for you to step up. We're not asking you to do what you're not gifted to do. We're just saying, why don't you go ahead and do and that? That's the next one. So bring it on up, if you will, Tommy. Each one of you taking steps toward the dream God has for you. And that doesn't mean just the dream. These other 165, 163 hours of the, of the week. It doesn't mean just, just those because sometimes we think, oh, he's talking about my dream. No, we're not talking about that. You need to go back and hear last week's lesson, uh, sermon. If you missed it on the podcast, go back and listen to that. It's not just about those, but it's about this also. And, and it's about the reaching out, not just in your life, but in those 163 hours, it's about reaching out to someone else who needs. Okay, so th- these are some of the things. One last thing right here, the pastor dreams. Each of you, not just... We all do it, but each of you growing closer to Jesus and stronger in your faith in 2020. I said that we'd wrap back around to this one here in a minute. Here it is. That each of you in 2020, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I want to say it again today. Hopefully we'll say it a lot this year. That each of you take the steps necessary to grow closer to Jesus all year long and to grow stronger in your faith. This is what it means to be the church. It's not about having an address. It's not ha- about having a great worship service. It's not about having all the things that we sometimes think about a church. What church, what's important about church is that we are growing closer to Jesus and we're growing stronger in our faith. And that's why I said, that, you know, this survey, you know, I, even if you didn't fill it out, I hope you looked at it and you thought about those things and you used that for a baseline to say, wait a minute, here's where I am at the beginning of 2020. At the end of 2020, I want to be above that. I want to be closer to Jesus. I want to be stronger in my faith. I want to be closer to finding out that awesome thing that Jesus has gifted me to do and, and given me passion about doing. That, that's, that's one of my big dreams for, tw- for 2911. Not just in 2020, but every single year. But this year, 
I want to see each one of you. I, I think sometimes, you know, we, we kind of look at the, that overall, like we're getting this survey done, you know, and it's, it's anonymous, and so we don't know this one, this one, this one, and sometimes I'm like, well, I'd like to know, you know, who this was so I can go to them and help them because they, they seem to be struggling looking at their answers and those kinds of things, but I, I don't have that, and so it's like a, just a big conglomeration, and so all I can do is pray over it and say, God, you know who those are. If they don't ask for help, I don't know how to help them, God, but you know who they are. God, help us find them or help us get them connected to small groups and discipleship. Help us get them connected to, to other good ministry leaders in the church so they can grow and continue to grow. Because that's what, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to just see the surface and see how the whole church is doing. But it's my prayers, this, this one specifically this year, is that every single one of you is stronger in your faith by the end of this year and you are closer to Jesus and you know what I, I don't I don't mean just look but you keep growing closer and you keep growing stronger that's my dream for you okay so we've talked about what you ought to be looking for we talked we hadn't talked about what I ought to be looking for we talked about what I want right so we've talked about what you ought to be looking for what I want then is there anything else we ought to consider if we're talking about a dream church why don't we think for just a minute what Jesus dreams about a church because after all, it is his church, right? I mean, you, me and you, the body of Christ, we're not ours, we're his. The, the church belongs to Jesus. So we really ought to be thinking about what he wants, what he dreams a church can be. Okay, here's some knots, again, you know, beginning, beginning with the negatives, because here's what we sometimes think, you know, well, he wants me to come to church. Yes, he does, but not just that you come spend an hour and 15 minutes in his presence. That's not what he dreams, you know. Have you ever done the math? You know, an hour and 15 minutes in the church service. You have 168 hours in a week. If you spend one and a quarter of those hours, do you, do you know what the percentages are? You're not even at one hundredth of the time of your week spent in the presence of God. I mean, if this is all there is, which leads us into this next one, not that you visit a church. You know, Jesus' dream was not that people visit a church. You and I get that, right? No, people don't just need to visit. But you know what? If all you do is Sunday mornings, you're really just visiting. Because the church is not a building, the church is us. And if we're only hanging out with one another for an hour and 15 minutes, then we're just visiting. We're not really being the church. You know, that we've got to connect with more. So, so Jesus is not just dreaming that we'll spend an hour and 15 minutes together or that we visit a church. Not even that we join a church. You know, church membership, we, we used it around here. Do you have to be a member of a church to go to heaven? Absolutely not. But, but still, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like if you were... If you were going to try to get to Europe today, you know, if you were trying to go across the Atlantic Ocean, you know, there's a lot of ways you could get there. You could try to swim by yourself. But, you know, maybe taking a boat with a bunch of other people or a jet with a bunch of other people would be a lot easier way to get there, right? And in the same way, trying to get to heaven, trying to get the blessings, the dream that God wants to give into your life and, and to put there, it, you, might, you might be able to get there by yourself, but it'd be a whole lot easier to go with a lot of other people. And so, and so and, but it's not just about just joining the church or even just seeing you ministry. I, I, I love seeing you involved in, in our events. 
those big events that we do that you know that this past year did that awesome great egg drop over at uh, over in Graysville or the the uh, Halloween event that we have every year a lot of a lot of a lot of tough issues that we dealt with because having to move it in because of the weather this this year but but man I love seeing that I got to get got to give a shout out to the hot dog crew for uh, that night I mean I, you know they were back here in this back hallway you might have seen them run out with a pan of hot dogs every once in a while but you didn't see them and man, they were there, and you know, I'd go back and go back and see, and you know, there, there'd be a different one sitting down in a chair taking a break. Everybody, I mean, they were pretty much making hot dogs all night long. I gotta give a shout out to them, you know. And I, I love seeing you guys involved in ministry, but that's not even his dream. It goes beyond just being involved for a few moments, or being there for a few months. But we need to embrace not just a ministry; we need to embrace mission. You know, we're going back to some of that first stuff we were talking about, what you need to be looking for in a church. We need to embrace, I mean personally, each one of us needs to embrace mission. Of thinking about what that means, to embrace a mission of what God is calling me to do in the middle of this big church, you know, thing. No, not just the few, but the, all of us. That what God is calling me to do. Uh, my, my purpose, that, that awesome thing that, that, that God has given and gifted me and, and made me passionate about, that each of us can figure that out, that we embrace the mission that we're set. So it's not just, just being involved in ministry a little bit, but catching the picture of mission and going into all that. Now, I want to wrap up with this right here. And I felt led to a strange place, I thought, I, I, I thought it was going to be a strange place when I felt led to go here as I began putting this message together and t trying to tie it all up. I thought this was going to be something that's going to be in the middle, and then I realized, no, this, this, this is the closing right here. And it's so strange to me because we're talking about the church. Now, now the church, us, we were birthed as the church was birthed. And we've all joined the church as we've become, and I don't mean joining 2911. We've joined the church, the body of Christ, when we became Christians, each of us. This thing's been going for 2,000 years, though. Acts chapter 2 is the birth of the church. Okay, when, and when, when Jesus talked to the disciples about it, you know, and that's when it was birthed. The power of the Holy Spirit fell and empowered them to then go out and start reaching the nations throughout, across the world to reach them and, and, and to change lives. That was the birth of the church. But the scripture God led me to was an Old Testament scripture. Now, a lot of people have problems with that. They say, well, that's Old Testament. Yeah, but everything in that Old Testament sure is good about leading and seeing the New Testament. And so God led me to something in the Old Testament. And, and, you know, and, and I looked up the dates again just to make sure. And this was written about 700 years before the church was born. I said, well, what would this have to do with the church? I mean, this, this was written, this was a prophet who was prophesying to Israel 700 years before Jesus was even born, 700 years before the disciples were called, 700 years before the Holy Spirit fell and baptized the church with this power, 700 years then before the church was birthed, what would this have to do with the church? It's because this tells us, this chapter, this one chapter in the book of Isaiah tells us what God is looking for in a people. You know, and I've always read it. When I've read that, I've always read it as he's talking to Israel. But this, this, this uh, sermon in preparing for this Sunday, this, this sermon, this time God had me see it as he, I've always been wanting this of a people. 
and now I'm wanting this of my church. When I, when I, when I established the church 2,000 years ago, this is what I was wanting. This is what God is saying to me. This is what I want to see. And, and it begins, now, we, we've started with your stuff. We started with, the, it's not this. My stuff, we started with the not this. Okay, with God's stuff. We're starting with the not this, okay? Isaiah chapter 58. I want us to read this together, okay? I'll paraphrase this, brought it down. In Isaiah 58, 1 through 5, God says he isn't interested in smug people who act like they want to learn about him but really just want to do enough to be blessed by him. Ouch! <laughs> wow! You see, and, and think about it. This is one of the reasons we say the word of God and the words of God are timeless. Because he was speaking to people 2,700 years ago, and that still speaks to us today, right? Smug people. Smug people who've got it all figured out. I, I, don't, I, don't, need, I don't need to hear another sermon. I, I, don't, I don't need to hear a, 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 another song. I don't need to be in a small group. I don't need anybody telling me what the Bible says. I don't need, I don't need. And, and acting like they want to know more about Jesus, but really just doing enough to get the blessings. Man, that is preaching all over us today. See, the Word of God is timeless. Well, this is what God says, this is not who I'm looking for. And I, and I believe what God is doing here in Isaiah chapter 58 is he's saying, I'm telling you all what I want right now, and I'm going to do it in 700 more years. I'd like to see it in you, but I know God knows the future, and, God, and I think God's just saying, this is what I want to see in you, but I know I'm not going to see it in you. I'm going to have to birth a church that's going to do this. I'm going to have to call a people through my son, through forgiveness, through his blood. I'm going to have to call this, and through grace, I'm going to draw them to me, and I'm going to see finally what it is that I dream a church can really be, a people can really be. And so I've taken the last, the, the last of that, the next, uh, uh, I think, about 20 verses. I've taken them, and I kind of tried to lay them out for us all. So this is a paraphrase, okay? And uh, what we're going to read here in just a few moments is in the sermon notes. You're going to go to the online and read those later this week. You want to, you know, just... Uh, screenshot it or something it will be awesome for you to have to review again this week and over and over into the weeks throughout the rest of this year and then maybe even down past that but also the scripture actually the link is there from Isaiah chapter 58 go there and read this and you can see how I, I tried to lay this out for it to be a little quicker for us and for us to get it without me having to explain it too much okay so here's what that's what God says I, I'm not interested in in a people not interested in people who just do enough to make me feel like they want me, so I'll give them something. Here's who he says he is dreaming a church would be. A church that speaks out against injustice and exploitation. A church that helps the oppressed walk into their freedom. That stand up, stands up for victims, but listen to this also, and even those who've fallen in sin. That a church stands up for people in sin. That a church stands up for people who struggle. That a church stands up for people who messed up and fallen on their face and committed gross, evil, and ugly sin. I'm looking, God says, I'm dreaming of a church that will stand up for them also. That cancels debts and doesn't rely on unfair practices. That shares generously with the hungry, homeless, and poor. And even specifically talked about giving and being generous to those without proper clothing. You know, and right now, this week, cold time, wouldn't be bad to go find somebody that needs some clothes or a nice coat or something that makes themselves available to those in trouble. Everybody's got stuff to do, right? We're all too busy. 
We're so busy, we don't even have time to, to help, help ourselves hardly, much less help somebody else. But God says, I'm dreaming of a church that makes themselves available for those who have troubles and that also doesn't ignore or turn their back on their own family's needs. I'm not talking about your kids. He's talking about your extended family also, that you don't ignore your relatives when they've got trouble and problems. God says, I'm dreaming of a church like that. I'm dreaming of a church that restores, rebuilds, and renovates throughout their community. Did you, did you realize that God came up with the idea of serve week, serve summer of serve, serve day? That God came up with this. 700 years before the church, 2,700 years ago, 27 centuries ago, God said, I'm dreaming of a church that gets out in the community and rebuilds the stuff that's falling down that then will become known as a people who can fix anything. Man, what an, what an awesome statement. You say, well, I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather be known for, you know, you say what you'd rather be known for. God says, I'm dreaming of a church that will be known for be, being able to fix anything. Maybe that's physical stuff, but maybe that's also spiritual stuff. Maybe that's being able to pray over something and seeing a miracle happen. God says, I'm dreaming of a church that, that, that that'll happen. But that's, that's just the first page right there. I got another page for you. Let's go to it. Okay, read this one. I'm dreaming. God says, I'm dreaming of a church where the light comes on. You know what I'm talking about? That proverbial light comes on. You know, that people say, oh, wow, I've never seen it that way before. A church that glows as sunshine in spiritual darkness. That's what God says he's dreaming of, in which lives are turned around at once, in an instant. Not that we just get better and better as we hang out with each other, but in an instant, God says, I'm dreaming of a church that people's lives will turn around in an instant just like that, that the light comes on, that they're shining in spiritual darkness and, and, and lives just change like that in an instant. God says, I'm dreaming of a church for whom righteousness paves their path, uh, that he, uh, whom he can use to rebuild brokenness and redeem the past. God, God says, I'm dreaming of a church that I can use to, to rebuild the broken lives of people that are coming to them and redeem their past. Uh, and God's dreaming of a church whose way is secure because what he's saying is, I want to make your way secure, that you are at peace, that you know that you don't have to fear the storm, that you don't have to, you don't have to worry about the waves. You don't have to be afraid of those. He, he says, I'm dreaming of a church that I'm always ready to guide. I'm always ready to give you guidance and direction and tell you which way to go. I'm dreaming of a church that I can make ride high and soar above all. No matter what your problems are, no matter what your struggles are, he wants to make you ride high and soar above all. God says, I'm dreaming of a church that I can give full life and strength even in their lowest of places. Come on, somebody, this morning. Some of you walking through some low places. You're walking through some tired places. And God says, I'm dreaming of a people that I can give full life and strength in the middle even of their lowest places. And he says, I'm dreaming of a people that when they pray, I answer, here I am. That when they pray, it doesn't just bounce off the ceiling or it doesn't just get 10 feet and come back down. God says, I'm dreaming of a people that will call out to me and I will say, here I am. I want to be that church. I don't know about you, but I want to be that church. You see, you see, as I talked about last week, sometimes my dreams are right here and God's are right here. Because you, you, you would dream about a few things on these last two pages, right? I would dream about a few things. I already told you what I'm dreaming about. But look at what God's dreaming. This is what God is dreaming. And it is us. It is up to us to make this the dream of a church. For us to realize this is what a church is supposed to be. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. 
You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.